What's up, everybody? It's Andrea. Today, Cute comes back to wreak delicious havoc. This is a dog lovers episode, and we ask the question, would you want some cute powers, and what would you do with them? Stay tuned. Welcome to the TNG Podcast, the number one place in the Alpha Quadrant to geek out about all things Star Trek The Next Generation. I'm your co-host, Sharice. Hey, I'm your co-host, Andrea. Today we're talking a total fan favorite, Season 6, Episode 6, True Q. This episode was written by Robert Shearer and directed by Renee Echevarria. A young woman comes aboard the Enterprise and evidences superhuman abilities. She's investigated by Q, who claims she may also be a Q. What are your initial thoughts on this episode? I was about to do the bump, 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 but we'll wait. We'll wait for the the dramatic commercial break, which was not dramatic (laughs) at at all. Um, It wasn't. It was like puppies. Yes. (laughs) At, At least it wasn't disappointing, but it also, I would not have remembered it after the commercial break. So I usually actually give this episode a skip because I vaguely remember it feeling kind of sitcom-y, like kind of silly. So my initial thoughts were I am really looking forward to digging into this episode and seeing if I change my mind by the end of it. And I totally did. Like it wasn't (gasps) sitcom-y at all. So I don't know why I had that memory of it. (laughs) Well, I think there's a lot of fun in this episode. And that's why I may feel that way because Mm -hmm. there are a lot of Star Trek and TNG episodes in particular that can be quite heavy. You know, we have like the, you know, the best of both worlds when, when Picard has to reconcile like what he's done as Locutus, you know, stuff like that. That's like very heavy. And Mm -hmm. then you have this one that's just like light and, and it can feel sitcom in ways. Cause like we never see Amanda again after this. Mm -hmm. So it's like that guest star that came on for a week and then they're gone or whatever. I, I really love this episode. I love it so much. We haven't seen Q in what feels like ages. Just yes, ages have agreed. gone by. It's been a really long time. I really can't even remember which one was the last one he was in. Was it? Me neither. Was it? Was it? Um, not hiding Q. That one was so stupid. It was the one where um they were like Robin Hood. I think. Yeah, that was I the last so. one. I think so. God, that wasn't was like the one. No, no, no. Wasn't it the one ago. where he became human? Oh no! I think it was no, that no, one. No. Was it that? No, no. Yeah. So I, we, we don't know, but, <laughs> it, but we, but it was nice to see him again. It and, really was. It oh, really was. John Delancey. I don't know this I dude. Just, just John Delancey. If you ever hear this, I just love you so much in this role. And you're just so goddamn brilliant. Yeah. <laughs> He's just so great. I will say disclaimer. I had the flu last week. My voice is still very scrapey. So I'm going to sound different. I think to like, I, in my head, I sound like a, old smoker or something um but i can tell you that andrea does does not smoke (laughs) no i don't i don't know you you sound fine to me i have no excuse for my voice sounding the way it is so whatever no your voice sounds it's totally normal okay well anyway so i had the flu it was awful now i'm better and my voice is doing the thing it always does where it waits until i feel better and then it goes so anyway yeah no i love this episode so much it's got cute it's got a super likable and adorable protagonist it's got some superpowers they're playing hide and seek on the ship we've got a warp core explosion some laugh out loud moments where she like kicks his ass against a wall like it's just got so much fun to it like i really love it and it has really light touches of like real sci-fi like this Mm. this like colony Mm. or this planet is in trouble that we don't really super care about but like we have to do mitosis stuff to figure out a vaccine for something right so it's like oh it's like just enough to feel like we're on the enterprise 
And also like like there's a story going on here. Yeah, that's, there's that's a kind of story kind of frothy, on. light and fluffy. Yeah. yeah, I would also say that I totally agree. And I would also add that there's enough of the human storyline going on here yes. where you, you yeah. do care about Amanda, who's who's the cue that we meet. You care about her. You care about what she's going through. It's not like you said. It's not really heavy, so it's not so much backstory that you yeah. like. You feel like you've known her for years, but it's more than enough for you to understand what she's going through to to an extent and to be like, man, this is a really difficult situation, but also a really cool situation because Mm -hmm. she's got the opportunity to do so much. It's not what we usually see where someone's in a difficult situation and it's terrible. Like there's only bad choices, only poor options. This is not that. This is like you've got the option to stay normal or Mm -hmm. to be um, like all powerful. Yeah, yeah, and those are yeah. your options. I mean, this was great. And also the actress, this main actress who plays Amanda Rogers. Um, I love her. I So she's mm-hmm. been in a million things. Like a she? million things. Yes, she's been in so many things. This was probably one of her first ones, though, because she was so young in this. But she's been in a million things. However, her name's Olivia Dabo. The, the role that I remember her from the absolute most is she played this really smart and elusive serial killer named Nicole Wallace on Law oh. and Order Intent. And oh, I know you love those like, shows. Okay, okay, yes. gotcha. And I super love Law and Order <laughs> CI because that's the most Sherlock Holmesian one. So the mm-hmm. main guy, Detective Gorin, um, played by Vincent D'Onofro, is exactly like Sherlock Holmes. So he solves all these crimes with like puzzles and all this stuff. She is Irene Adler. She's like his equal and opposite. She's the only love interest he has on the, you know, 10 years of the show. She always gets away with murder. Like she was on the show. I think maybe, I think she's only on the show four or five times, but they don't typically have recurring characters on a show like that. And every time she got away with murder and you're like, "Ah, she did it again. Like she's just so good. So when I see her in this role, I'm just like, she's just like so innocent. She's so innocent and sweet. And I'm waiting for her to kill someone. So that was just really fun to watch. Okay. So you and I are not in the entertainment industry. We're not actresses. Although I think it would be really fun to be an actress in a lot of ways. But if you had to play a role, for example, I love, I love the office and Angela Kinsey plays the severe, like bitch accountant, Mm -hmm. Angela Martin on the office. But in real life, she's exactly like you and me. It's she's just like really bubbly, really talkative, really friendly, really like, mm-hmm. you know, she's just like us. Right. And I just thought that would be such a fun role to play. That's so different from you. Mm-hmm. And like, I don't know if it were me, I would love to play like a total villain with like, yeah, no heart whatsoever. Cause I think it'd be really fun to just be so different from how you actually are in real life. So if you had to play a role, like what would that be? Oh, for sure. It'd be the villain. You know, I think we had this question to ourselves, mm. like back in season one of our show and like both of us were like, I don't know. But now here we are in season, you know, six of TNG, I would say the villain 100% <laughs> because it is so much fun. And Andre and I recently learned how to play D and D like just a year ago, we had never played it before. A friend mm-hmm. like kind of showed us the ropes. And the character I picked was this really evil hobbit. And it was great. Like he was just a scamp. He was into all kinds of, he knew the criminal underworld, like carried a tiny little knife everywhere he went. And it was such, <laughs> such a fun character to play. So yes, if I got cast in something, I would want to be the villain because I feel like in my real life, I care too much about other people and my relationship with yeah. them to, to knowingly damage them. 
But yeah, when you're yeah, playing yeah, totally. the villain, you're just like, screw you just everybody. Care. You can really indulge that. Like, yeah, I think there's a lot of freedom in that. Mm-hmm. Which, I mean, if we take this back to TNG, I think that really is like John Delancey. Like, I'm sure he's a perfectly lovely human being, mm-hmm. you know, in real life. But like, he plays this like roguish scamp who's got like just a soup song of like danger where it's like, don't piss him off too much. Like he can destroy the enterprise. He can destroy the galaxy mm-hmm. like at a, at a will, like just at a whim. Right. Mm-hmm. But like, I love that we get to see him. I love how he and Amanda interact. Let's just jump right in. The enterprise is stopping off at some Starbase to drop off some supplies for a group like in severe need due to some like disaster they're facing. And so Picard is like, you know, we're dropping off supplies, but we actually get someone special aboard the Enterprise. And we meet um, just this really sweet and beautiful um, Amanda Rogers. She is an intern selected out of hundreds and hundreds of applicants to do an internship aboard the Enterprise to do a bunch of really advanced work. And she is at like 18 years old. She has done like advanced everything, everything. right? Mm-hmm. Like cybernetics and blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, dang. She's, she's basically She's basically Wesley Crusher, but more socially adept. Yes. Yes, totally. Um, and Picard is like, congratulations. And make sure to avail yourself of this rare opportunity. And Beverly is going to be like her mentor, which I love because I think Beverly is a really wonderful mentor. And I think she does a great job like in that role in this episode. Mm-hmm. And Commander Riker kind of stops by the ready room to give a quick little report about, you know, we're coming, you know, we're pulling out of Starbase or whatever. And Amanda is looking at Riker and she is so obviously smitten with him. And, like, I was like, girl, same. Like, yeah. if I were looking at this towering, like, six foot five man with these blue eyes and the beard and the, the stature of a man. Yeah. Yes. The sequoia of a man. I would be like, oh my God. Also, I mean, I, do I get that you now, girl. and I'm only seeing him on a screen. Right. So <laughs> if I saw him in person, for sure, I'd be like, hi. Hi, I'm Amanda. I, I think that's my name. I don't know. It's on my name badge. <laughs> Anyways, so how long you been here? <laughs> I know. Totally I melt know. into a little puddle of mercury around Riker, for sure. So he does walk her to her quarters because Picard asked him uh, asked him to. And he's like, okay, a lot of people get lost around the Enterprise because, you know, it does have a lot of different sections and corridors and 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 rooms and who knows what. And he's Mm -hmm. like, if you need anything, just touch this panel and tell you which way to go. And I was like, cool, cool. So that's still there from the pilot episode where Mm -hmm. you can just touch the panel and tell you where to go. And she's like, we're in like deck six, section eight or whatever. And he's like, oh, and she's like, I also like practically memorized the schematic um, on the way over here. And I was like, from the star base, the like five minute Okay. From from Earth to the Starbase, maybe? From Earth to the Starbase, perhaps. Whatever. But she's like, a genius. She could do yeah, it. Yeah, she's a she's a genius. So obviously there was a touch of cue about her anyway. But she's saying when she gets to her quarter, she's like, wow, this these quarters are big enough to like hold my whole zoo. Like that's what my family calls my pets. But like three dogs isn't a whole zoo, is it? And I was like, um, it kind of is. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Having one dog, I'm like, that's kind of a lot of animals. <laughs> Um, but you do have one big dog. You might feel different if you had three small dogs. Yeah. They probably tiny equal dogs, one big dog. Maybe. Yeah. My dog is like huge. But, you know, Riker's like, okay, we'll see you later. And he walks out. And when she turns around, a litter of puppies is right there. And she's like, no, 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 no. The this cutest is not what I puppies meant. ever. <laughs> uh, I'll have you know, there are Labrador puppies, which are widely regarded as like the cutest of all the puppies. And there isn't such a thing as an ugly puppy. So even like if labs are like the cutest, pu- like it's just cute overload. 
Mm-hmm. And she's like, no, 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 you can't stay. And so they all start disappearing. And it's like, okay, uh-oh. And that's when it goes to commercial break. Yeah. <laughs> and you're so like, it goes to commercial break at oh, puppies. Okay. Because the way she disappeared the puppy, she just kind of looked at them and they disappeared. Yeah. And, and you're like, like, oh. But she was completely unfazed. She wasn't really surprised to see them. She wasn't really surprised that they disappeared. She was just like, well, got that tidied up. Do, 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 do. Yeah. And that, that's when so the commercial break like, starts. So then you go, who okay, is so this She's human, but she can also make puppies appear. That's kind of neat. That is kind of neat. But it's also like, mm. um. Now, when we come back from the, like, intro, she's checking in with Beverly, and the good doctor is telling her that all the tricorders need to be tested before they are sent off to the colonists. And as she works, like, they kind of talk about their families. And and we learned that Amanda's parents died when she was an infant. And her adopted parents are marine biologists! (laughs) I was like, what planet are they working on? I'm going to look that up. (laughs) Yeah, I could be living in, like, Avatar or whatever. Um... But when she's done, she takes the tricorders down to the shuttle bay and to, you know, for them to take down as part of this relief effort. And as usual, people have fucked up their planet so badly that now the Enterprise has to help them like survive. And I'm like, I love how often this story comes up in Star Trek, where even in TOS, where it's like, this planet of people have just used up all their resources, destroyed everything. And, like, now the planet's in trouble because they don't know how to manage their resources. And I'm like, I love that they were writing these stories in the 60s and in the 90s and the 2000s. Like, even, you know, in the 2000s, it's already a common thread. But in the 90s, I love Mm -hmm. that already. It's like, hey, guys. Yeah. It was very much ahead of its time in in my recollection. Because I do remember growing up watching after-school specials talking about recycling and saving water and electricity and stuff like that. Thanks, after-school specials. I still do that today. Brainwashing totally worked, and I'm glad I was brainwashed for positive things, not just mm-hmm. negative things. Um, she makes a statement where she says, it's amazing that they go to such lengths to clean their air rather than to stop polluting it. And I yeah. felt like that line was was a bit after school specially. Yes. But when I heard her say it, I was like, man, I'll, I would go for some air scrubbing technology right about now, like, because mm-hmm. we're not doing anything. So, mm-hmm. I mean, we do have electric cars. We are making strides. But, like, oh, my word. Like, I would love some. I would love to use all of it. If we had giant air scrubbers that could recycle something and reduce something and the mm-hmm. something. I don't know. I was like, that'd be really, really cool. If we had some lovely Q who could come and just fix it all, that would just be great, snap too. it all away. Oh, my gosh. Um, but, yeah. So, they're, they're, they're basically sending all this aid to the planet. But one of the biggest things they're sending are air scrubbers because their, their air is so polluted. Yeah. And... They have to take shuttles because their atmosphere is so ionized that they can't transport anything through. So they have to load up shuttles, physically take the shuttle down, drop everything off, turn around and bring the shuttle back. So mm-hmm. inefficient in the 24th century. Super inefficient. Um, and so they're kind of like looking around and, and uh, of course, Riker catches Amanda's eye as Riker's ought to do. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, <laughs> she's she's gazing lovingly at him across the cargo bay. Obviously. And this giant I feel crate, you, Amanda. I really do. <laughs> <Don't know. laughs> this giant crate falls and it almost hits him, but she waves her hand and it goes and slides to the side. And yeah, it kind of makes like a it kind of makes like a like an asymptote curve and like goes like right <laughs> off makes to the it, side. It makes an asymptotic curve towards the it floor. <laughs> so it really it does. starts going at a nine degree angle and then turns sharply and hits never the floor. actually hits zero. <laughs> it never hits zero, it never touches the line. That is Riker. And he's like, oh, crap. Like, that could have hit me. so fucking nerdy. (laughs) I love it. All the math people out there are like, yes. 
all the physicists they're are like, like yes mm-hmm, everyone else is like, i can visualize this yeah everyone else is like the what now can we not can we not do euclidean geometry Girl, in the middle of the any- episode that'd be great if anybody is listening to us <laughs> and does not understand what we're saying they are not our listeners okay like all of our listeners are freaking geniuses okay so <laughs> thank true. you listeners true. so I thought, I had the thought when I saw the thing falling, I was like, oh my gosh, I'm so glad that Amanda moved it to the side because we could have had another wharf situation going on where he could have broken his back, shattered his spine. He doesn't have three redundant spines like wharf. And we're not bringing that crazy doctor back to come and experiment on him because he wouldn't make it because wharf didn't make it. So I was actually like, just, you know, I know it's fake and whatever, and we've seen this already on the show, but it brought back that memory. And I was like, oh my gosh, I'm so glad Riker didn't get hit because he could have yes. died. Furthermore, can we stop stacking crates up there, people? Can we yeah. raise the railings a little higher if we're going to do that? Why would we have this accident twice? Yeah. Get it together, Enterprise. <laughs> get it together. Right. I just had that thought right now. Right. Get it together. <laughs> yeah, why would we have this accident twice? Well, they're all rush over and they're like, are you okay? And obviously he's okay. It didn't even touch him. <laughs> but he's like the threat, yeah. the threat, the threat of like injury was there. So they were like, oh my gosh, but he's fine because Amanda, but she did the little wave wand that she does with her little fingers in such a way that like nobody saw it or noticed it. Mm-hmm. Right. So it's like, everybody was just like, oh my God, this thing And even fell. if you saw and just, her do it, you wouldn't know that those two would things not, were connected at all. Exactly. Exactly. You would not automatically think that. And she kind of did this little thing and like nobody was looking at her. And so it's just like, oh my gosh, this thing just almost hit you. That's scary. So at this point, I'm like, Amanda, who are you? How are you able to do this? Like, what is going on with this girl? Now, Jordy, of course, does not notice that Amanda's the one who saved him. So everybody was just like, wow, Riker had this like close save. So he continues to give Amanda a tour of the ship, but she knows more than like everybody on the ship, except maybe Data and Jordy. Mm-hmm. She has studied every effing schematic, every you know, system. She knows it all. Everything, right? This tour now, is just the, perfunctory. Yes. <laughs> in the middle of the tour, the warp core starts breaching, like out of nowhere. Mm-hmm. Like we a serious put the breach. Yes. Like we are we seconds away from Jordy saying, go, 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 yes. go. I was waiting for him because he was like, Data, bring down the isolation door. And Me I was too. like, oh, are we going to see Jordy do the Jordy maneuver? Because that's what I want to see. But he, it didn't even have time. It, it breached before literally he even got that far, which is crazy. Blows up. It blows up right in Amanda's, in Amanda's face. face. Yeah. And she puts her arms up and is able to stop it. And then she does this little thing with her hands and she contains the explosion and like reverses it. And Data is like, the temperatures are all back to normal now. And I love that Amanda looks around and she's like, um, I think everybody noticed that one. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> See, that would have been a good yes. commercial break right there. Yes. Now, the senior staff obviously is like, we got to have a meeting about what the hell just happened. And as they're talking about, like, who's Amanda? She, what, what, what's going on? And Beverly's like, Are you like, sure that human. it really breached? Are you sure it wasn't maybe just a, some steam escaping or something? We're you sure know, it, it exploded. It definitely It exploded. really, really did. And that's when Q pops up. And I wrote, and I wrote in my notes, OMG, OMG, I've missed you so much, buddy. <laughs> really <laughs> missed Q and his energy. John Delancey is a genius. And we just do not deserve him. <laughs> yeah, you know, last Decided. week... He's last amazing. Week, last week, I think, was our review of Schisms, which is like the creepy one where people get abducted by aliens, even though they're in space oh, with God. aliens. No, 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 no. Pass, so a pass, lot pass, of people, pass. Yeah, we got a lot of feedback on our social media posts that basically said, creepy, freaky, I hate watching this one, will not watch yeah. again. 
which I agreed with all of them. I went through all, all of them. them. I was like, sounds good. Go ahead and give this one a skip. See you next week. <laughs> this one is the opposite of that. Like, you need to watch this episode if for no other reason than to see this scene when Q pops into the ready room or to the observation lounge because mm-hmm. I was laugh out louding during all oh, yeah. these little lines. He just had me die. Like, I couldn't even take notes on it because I was just like, <laughs> <laughs> like I was just laughing the whole time. He's I really I couldn't funny take, in this episode. I couldn't take notes on this either uh, because of the line for line. Like just the ratatat was too fast. Yes, yeah, but mm-hmm. he was responsible for the warp core breach because he had to test his theory to see if Amanda really is Q. Because he's like her parents were Q, but then like they died and like but an they took or human something. form. So maybe they took she's human contaminated form by humans and they died in an accident. But now her powers are starting to show up as, and as an expert of humanity, I came to investigate. And Riker's like, expert in humanity, really? And I love that Q goes, not a very tough, like, science to master. Or something he's like, not Mm -hmm. a a very limited scope of study, I have to say. Like, or something (laughs) like that. And I love that Jordy goes, hold on, hold on, hold on. You had a warp core breach to destroy the ship to test if she was a Q. Like, what if? What if it would have destroyed the whole ship? He's like, well, I guess she, I guess I would have known she's not a Q. And I was like, yeah, you don't care at all. <laughs> that line was People great. That was, we're gonna die. That was Beverly, and it was great. She just goes, wait a minute, but what would have happened if she hadn't stopped the core breach? And Q goes, then I would have known she wasn't a Q. Yeah, and like, I was like, never mind. Like, what a stupid question. <laughs> and died. it goes back to what you said at the beginning of this recording, which is that you know, Q. If you make him too mad, he could destroy your whole universe. He's just so, like, without even thinking twice about it, he just really doesn't. It's not even malicious. He just doesn't care. He um, just doesn't care. That's, it's, okay. Negligence, I think, is worse than malicious intent in, in many ways. Because <laughs> at least in, in malicious ways. intent, you care? It, you're yes. Making that, and you're I, making that I, effort to dig I know, into somebody? I know the way you say it is, like, it makes me be like, okay, now you're making me sound stupid for what I'm saying. But, <laughs> but. you sound stupid. I'm asking you <laughs> legitimately. But, you know what? I guess in that kind of situation, it's like, I feel like in this instance, Q, if you're going to maliciously snap me out of existence, I think I would feel better knowing that, like, you have some kind of reason to be really angry and you really put, like, some feeling into my death. Yeah. Because uh, if you don't care at all, it's completely meaningless. It's completely mm, meaningless. Mm-hmm. And I didn't need to die. I didn't even need to live. Like, yeah. it's so meaningless. Yeah. I will say, you know, because I'm so, so into like all the crime dramas and stuff. I will say mm. that, you know, crimes of passion and whatever are like the easiest to track down because they have a point. But mm. since we were talking about serial killers earlier, the ones that kill for no reason at all, or, you know, people who attack for no reason yeah. at all are like impossible to trace. Yeah. Because yeah. there's no logical connection to their motives so that so you're right neglect is just it's a harder it's more mysterious it's a little harder Mm -hmm. to pin down Mm -hmm. and if you're the person being neglected it's more hurtful because it's like i don't even care enough about you to to like hurt you like i don't even care and yeah it's it's another level but for q it doesn't feel bad it feels like we'd rather not have you here but if you're here you're just gonna like mess up some stuff and then like dip out now it turns out he's here to investigate whether or not Amanda is a true Q or whether she's some half human, half Q hybrid because her parents did take on human form. Yes. So she said, so he says, I'm here to train her, kind of test her, but train her in the ways of Q and then take her back to the continuum with me. And Beverly's not having this at all. She's like, mm-hmm. no, she's been a human. You know, she is a human and she's been living as a human for 18 years, her entire life. You can't just snatch her up and put her in the continuum. 
Like that's, yeah. you can't just kidnap her and give her. And we, you and I have had this conversation a million times on the show where they find some kid somewhere and they go, oh, you've been living with this other species. We're just going to take you home now. Bye everybody. And you're like, whoa, yeah. that's like their whole lives. Yeah. And Q, Q's response is, yeah, there's too many cooks in this kitchen. And he snaps his fingers and him and Picard <laughs> are back in the writing room. And he's like, yeah, ah, isn't that sure better? Is. And you're like, wow. That's like the goes ultimate that, mute button. <laughs> yes, he goes, that Dr. Crusher gets more and more shrill with every passing year. And I was like, you. I got super shrill in my yeah. mind. <laughs> <laughs> Trying to defend Beverly, which actually he is kind of right about that, but she's doing it for the right reason. So I was like, okay. Yes, he but calls yeah. shrill disagreeing with him. That's yes, what he's calling no, shrill. Everybody, yeah, yes. Now, Beverly does speak to Amanda, who says like this kind of appearing stuff just started happening about six months ago. Things she would wish for would just appear. And she thought she was kind of losing her mind and slipping into like insanity. So it is actually like a relief that there's like a real explanation Mm -hmm. as to what is happening. And I love that in that like little ready room when, when Q like snatches him and Picard and goes into the ready room to talk amongst themselves, Picard is like, if we're going to convince Amanda that like this is a good idea for you to meet her and train her and all of that stuff because the continuum demands that she needs to be like trained properly. We need to sort of present like as like a united front, you know, which of course Picard yeah. doesn't want to do. And, and before he grabs him, say, right? Yeah. He's yeah. Like, before how? he gets to say, <laughs> yes, before he gets to say united front, Q grabs him and pulls him into like a buddy stance and goes, pals. And Picard's like, civil (laughs) that's the perfect q picard rat-a-tat right there yeah and even with that that scene where he pulled him close like i noticed in this whole episode he was talking and standing extremely close to amanda every time he spoke to her he was just so in her personal space Mm -hmm. but he is always in people's personal space and that's like the exclusive way he talks to picard he's always whispering in his ear and like cuddling up with him in that scene where he's like pals Practically inside his shirt. Yeah. Yeah, He's just, he just has no, this, it just shows his lack of respect for boundaries. Oh my God. I never thought about that. I was always just like, why is Q so goddamn close to people all of the time? That's right. He doesn't give a shit about people's boundaries at all. He's like, I'm a Q. I can do whatever I want. And you know what? (laughs) If I lived a couple billion years as Q, I don't think I would care about what anybody else would want either. Cause I can make everything appear, disappear at the snap of a finger. I guess it doesn't matter. Now, Beverly is like, I'm going to try to kind of work, you know, me and Picard are going to work this from both sides. Picard's going to try to work with Q and kind of get him to be more manageable. I'm going to kind of work with you to kind of have you come around to the idea. And Q just walks right through the wall and grabs Amanda by her like jawbone and pulls her close and mm-hmm. stares deep in her eyes. And I was like, dang, <laughs> um, we have found somebody who's even worse with kids than Picard. <laughs> <laughs> It's hard to do because Picard's pretty bad. But, but at Q this has point in the series, he's, he's, he's gotten a lot better. He has. Q has, Q has not. So yeah, no. he starts examining her like she's a puppy, you know, and like looking in her eyes. Mm-hmm, there's potential. Like in her teeth. All this stuff. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and then he's like, he's like, you're coming with me to the continuum and tries to snatch her. And she waves her hand again and throws him across the room. He slams into the table and hits the floor. And everyone's just like, oh. <gasps> Did that just happen? You kind of see Picard and Beverly just chewing popcorn, looking from side to side. Like, Ooh, I would be, what's I next? would be, I would be in the corner just sipping my tea, being like, mm, mm, mm. <laughs> I would be loving every second of it, and I'd probably live stream it so everybody else could love it too. <laughs> you just pull out your phone, right? So, so then next thing you know, we see Q and Picard in the ready room, and Picard's just like, yeah, that approach didn't work. 
So I think we need to try something different. And Q's like, oh, that was my plan all along. I was testing her powers. And we're like, okay. Or snapper. Yeah. Okay. I love that the entire time Q was like, <clears throat> Yes, like shaking out his neck and fixing his hair and kind of shaking out the little crick in his neck that like Amanda gave him. And I was like, God, this is so great. Like she threw him across the room in like a teenage temper tantrum kind of thing, Mm -hmm. defending herself. And he's like, I'm going to have to teach her to behave like a cue. And Picard's like, unless I'm very much mistaken, she just did. (laughs) That shut Q up. I was like, thank you. But while... You know, Beverly and Picard are trying to kind of work both sides of this to make sure, you know, everything's going to go as well as it can. Amanda's like, Dr. Crusher, I don't want you to treat me like I'm anything special or different. Like, I just want to like, I just want to fit in. I just want to do a good job, you know? And Beverly's like, she's so great with that. She's like, hey, first for a minute you have, I need you down in like the lab. Uh, we need to run some experiments and I need your help. And she's mm-hmm. like, Roger that. You know, it's like, mm-hmm. cool. Now, meanwhile, Q is walking down the hallway when this like shadow pops up on the wall. I thought, what a great way to show Q continuum yeah. without showing Q continuum. It was really clever. It was really, yeah, really clever. It, it felt like that social media trend where it's like, show me your Q continuum without showing me your Q continuum. And so it's this shadow that pops up. It's basically his shadow that like grows mm-hmm. and has its own voice. And it's like report Q. And he's like, um, there have been some problems as expected, but there may be a chance that I won't have to terminate her and walks off. And I was like, okay, mm-hmm. there's even more to the story now. Like Amanda is in danger. And I was like, oh, fuck. Yeah, which I don't remember that part of the episode at all. I didn't Neither remember, did I. I didn't remember why he came totally other than she's a Q and I found a Q and I need to take her or something. But when I saw that, which I was like, like seemed, uh-oh. Yeah, it seemed, seemed like, like enough. enough. It seemed yeah. like enough. So you're like, there's another layer to this pastry? Uh-oh. But also having that other layer makes sense because the whole time Picard's been asking Q, why like, are you here? Why are you here? Why are you here? You're not here out of the goodness of your heart. There is some ulterior motive. Why are you here? And Q kept saying oh, just for fun or like whatever, just brushing it off. So now when you see for some reason she's in danger, you're like, okay, mm-hmm. so there is actually more here, even if he doesn't explain it. Yeah. So Q pops into Amanda's quarters and um, actually he doesn't pop in. He uses the doorbell this time and he apologizes he for his bad behavior. <laughs> and he says- Well, he you know, says, I I was told I behaved badly. He doesn't even say like, I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, so he doesn't even apologize. He pretends to apologize for his bad behavior. <laughs> And basically, you know, he he helps her unleash her powers so that she can see her parents and what they, you know, her last memory of them when she was a baby, um, which thro- totally throws Amanda. And he's basically popping up from time to time, giving her different lessons about mm-hmm. what it's like to be a Q to really entice mm-hmm. her to join the continuum. So fast forward, we're in sick bay. She's totally distracted. This is the worst time possible for her to be doing a complicated lab experiment. But she's totally. trying, to keep, trying to keep her, you know, wits about her. They have another beautiful heart to heart with Beverly about you know, seeing her parents and she's not sure what to do because now she's given this opportunity to be a Q. She asked Beverly, you know, would you bring your husband back if you could? Like, what would you do? And Beverly's like, I don't know. I'd have to be in that situation before I could know what I would mm-hmm. do. And mm-hmm. she's like, I am in that situation. I don't know what to do. And Beverly's basically like, I can't tell you either, you know? Yeah. But, but, you know, did you notice like Amanda asked her a question where she was like, if you were in my situation, like, what would you wish for? What, like, whatever yeah. you wish for, you could make happen. Like, what would you wish for? And Beverly's like, I can't even imagine putting myself in that situation. And Amanda's like, well, I am in that situation. So, like, 
they had talked about their family and Beverly had told her that her husband, Jack Crusher, had died when Wesley was just a baby. So Amanda circles back on that. She's like, would you bring your husband back? And Beverly's like, gosh, I don't know. And I was like, what is there not to know? You and your husband were happily married and he died in a freak accident. Obviously, you bring him back. Like, what is there to even? Are you kidding me? <laughs> like, that to me just seems so strange. Yeah, like, if my husband does... suddenly died in a freak accident, I would absolutely bring my spouse back. Like, what are you talking about, Bev? Yeah, and she does um, answer the question of what she would wish for. And it was like, well, I would wish to heal people of diseases. So basically, do exactly what you're doing right now. She really just said, if a genie came and offered me three wishes, I would wish for nothing. Is basically what she said. So maybe that's yeah. a good place to be. I don't know. I get, if somebody really is in a position where they're like, I get three wishes or I get Q-like powers, I really wouldn't wish for anything different. That's awesome. Like, that's if amazing. honestly, there's nothing you would want different. That's amazing. That to me yeah. is, is either delusional or really satisfied with where you are in life. And I yeah. think it's beautiful. Anyway, now as Beverly leaves, I think she's a really great mentor because she is very supportive of Amanda. And she's like, I would love, I was thinking myself, I would love to have Beverly as a mentor if I Mm -hmm. were in this situation or any kind of situation like that, right? But as she leaves Amanda, you know, to work on the experiment, Q shows up to speed her work up and uses Q powers to get her to like speed up the experiment so they can start playing. Now Riker comes in to ask about the progress on the vaccine and Amanda's like, the vaccine is, um, wait, what are you asking about? And he leaves (laughs) and Q's like, you're attracted to him how repulsive and i love this again john delancey's brilliance because he this cue is so effing repulsed repulsed by Mm -hmm. the idea of being attracted to Riker and the hair growing out of his face but notice how he gave beverly a little wink earlier when he was talking about humans reproducing in vulgar fashion Mm -hmm. like he's so quick to flirt with somebody and then so quick to hate on Riker and specifically Riker like that's (laughs) that's the issue he's had from the beginning and it's funny because he carries this on into voyager he has this big like you know he has this fake love affair with captain janeway that only happens in his head so he always, okay. tell, you know how in, in TNG, he's always like, mon capitan. Well, in, yeah. in in Voyager, he's always like, come on, Kathy. Nobody calls her Catherine. <laughs> no one, it's Catherine Janeway. No one calls her Catherine. Or it, everyone calls her Janeway, even when they're alone. <laughs> he fucking calls her Kathy. He calls her Kathy. He goes, come on, Kathy. I know you love me. I know that. I, like he's, he's like Pepe with you. And it's it so feels like- funny. It feels like Loxana Troy flirting with Picard. And you're like, girl, this is only in your own head. Like, it's, exa- it's, a it's no. exactly that. And he feels really, really threatened by Chakotay, <laughs> which is her first officer. And so he's always like talking trash about him and trying to zap him away. And he's like, what is it? Wh- why do you like him better than me, Kathy? And like all this stuff. And she's like, Ugh, get <laughs> out leave. of my room. Get off of my ship. Like, it's, it's really, really funny. Oh, he's so great. So anyways... Uh. So he thinks he's doing a big, you know, he's doing Amanda a solid, but he's not. <laughs> Beverly, a, a serious solid, right? Beverly comes back and is like, the reason I asked you to do this experiment is because I need to track the rate over time for other things that I'm using. So now that you've sped it up, then the entire experiment's wasted. Like it was a waste of time. And um, and Q just is like, oh, who cares? We did it better. You know, like stop complaining. So then she turns on Q and starts saying like, why are you interfering with me mentoring this girl? And mm-hmm. So Q turns her into a dog. He turns her into dog. an Irish setter, which has red hair. Yeah, a red-haired <laughs> like dog. A giant dog. 
And it's just like, she was this an Irish setter? That was a really nice touch, by the way. (laughs) And Amanda instantly turns her back and she finishes her rant and she's like, and you should know better or something like that. And And she's just like, she goes, and you stay out of mine. And Q goes, well, when you put it like that, I mean, I guess you're right. (laughs) So we see she didn't realize she became a dog. Which, you know, in Harry Potter... Um, Malfoy gets turned into like a ferret, a ferret and bounced yeah, around yeah. and he knew it the whole time. And I was he like, sure this did. is the opposite of that. Beverly was like, <laughs> right. And you stay out of mine. <laughs> I had no idea. Which was, was like, dang, great, that is ice cold. A really funny cue moment. Like there's all these little touches <laughs> like that where you're like, nice. That was nice. They didn't even have to write dialogue for her during that time. No. That was great. Oh, it was, it was so great. Now, like one of the things that I love so much about this episode is that Q and Amanda end up sort of playing like a hide and seek where he's like, I will hide somewhere on the ship and you have to find me. And she goes, how will I know where to find? And he disappears. And so there's this great little sequence of shots. That's like, she's, she like appears out of the blue in the shuttle bay and like snaps something, you know, she does. Q usually snaps his fingers. I noticed that mm-hmm. each Every Q, Q has, has their, their own, own way. Style. Yeah. Yeah. And so she kind of like twizzles her fingers. I call it like whisking around. Like she kind of whisks her fingers around mm-hmm. and the, one of the containers, like the 50 gallon drum containers changes and like, or disappears and shows Q was hiding inside. And then she like disappears again and reappears in main engineering. And she's like looking around, looking around and data and Jordy are like, hello. Mm-hmm. And I love that. Q pops out from inside the warp core where he's like, you're still thinking like a human and he disappears again. And then the last shot, and this was the most, one of the most memorable shots from my childhood was they were standing on the outside of the enterprise, like in space as the ship Mm -hmm. was flying. It was amazing. And And breathing air. So cool. I cannot tell you how often as a child, I wished I could do that. And I mean, I still wish I could do that as a 40 year old. (laughs) like i 100 percent want to do this you know yeah i Uh, have a i have a game on my uh virtual reality headset that's like a spacewalk and it mm. like takes all this footage from the actual space station and kind of digitized it and like you feel weightless and you have to like grab grab the handholds to like swing from place to place let me tell you it is one of the most nauseating games i own Like, I think I played it, like, once. And I was like, okay, really? okay, I need, I need an up and a down. Yeah, it's very, because you feel weightless, but oh. your body is not weightless because you're still sitting on Earth. Yes. Right? So, yes, like, yes, what your yes. eyes are seeing and what your body's doing don't match. And it's it's really, it's really off-putting. But you can go outside the ship and you, like, hook on with a little belt or whatever. And you can, like, walk around the outside of the space station and do little spacewalks and stuff. Oh and God. it's very, very, very cool. Ugh. And it told me like maybe I'm maybe I should stay on Earth for a bit. Like I don't I don't think I'm quite ready. Well, you know what? I Enterprise. felt the same way when I watched that movie Gravity. I think what was it? Um, Sandra Bullock that she was like and George Clooney. Yes, yes, yes. So she got like did, there was only I only made it through a little part of the movie where she like some explosion or some shit went wrong and she was like spinning through space and all you hear is her like frantic breathing inside mm-hmm. her helmet. She's like, <sighs> yeah, and you see the Earth going woo. Yeah, you know, because she's just spinning, and I was like, "Done, I'm done with this movie." And it also went on for like the spinning went on for like five minutes, right? Which like they did it for a reason to make you feel like your disorientation Mm -hmm. and her panic. And I was like, "Yeah, I'm panicking, and have to hit the home button and watch something else." Like I can't. And I guess I'm sure the movie was great. (laughs) 
I decided to let it go. Okay. Let it go. Let it go. <laughs> so, I mean, it was, I'm, sh- and I'm not shading the movie at all. It was just, yeah. it was so, it was so real, like nauseating that I, because it was so real, I was like, yeah, I really can't take this anyway. Yeah, we need a little more fake like this. This scene was great. You're like, wow, magical. They're just standing there as the ship is going warp three or whatever. And they're like not damaged by the fact that they're in open space. And I was like, God, it's just, I really wish I could do that. Now, one of these like great scenes comes up where Beverly and Deanna come to take Amanda to dinner. So she's like, I got to wrap up the hide and seek stuff. This has been fun, Q, but I can't play with you all day. I'm going to dinner. And he's like, it's a disgusting, repulsive act. You can eschew it all together, you know? So she goes to dinner. And I love that Beverly and Deanna are taking her to dinner because they're like, how are you coping with all of this? Mm-hmm. You know, she sees Riker walk up and he's like, ladies. And they're all like, oh, hi, Riker. And she's like, oh. <laughs> I, I mean, <laughs> do you want to join? Do you want to? <laughs> what? <laughs> it's totally useless. And she's like, won't you sit with us? And he's like, I would love to, but I have other plans. Have a good evening. And he cowboy sits down on a chair with yeah, this cute he date. that chair so hard. He rikered the crap out of that chair. And Amanda cannot deal with the fact that like Riker is on a date with this other woman and, and Amanda whisks- is 18 years old. So she let's, is 18. Let's go so back to that. Too, she's, so she's a, she's a kid, but she's 18. So it's, you know, it's that she's I'm a glad teenager they made and she is she's ultra a teenager. powerful. So she's going to have a tantrum. She's going to have a tantrum fashion. and she does. And she whisks him away to a Regency era fantasy garden at night. Like he wants to take her like, you know, she wants to take him to like the gazebo for the airs or whatever. Mm-hmm. And Riker is so kind. He's like, look, you're lovely, but this is not how things work. You can't just do this to someone. And she's like, can't I? And then she whisks her fingers again. And he's like, oh, Amanda, I love you so much. And it takes her like 10 seconds to realize this is not real, mm-hmm. which I applaud because mm-hmm. emotional intelligence, EQ, is something that teenagers are just beginning to learn and like beginning to understand it at that age because at 18 you're like just kind of coming out into like your own so your emotional intelligence is usually not that high right so like I know adults with much lower EQs than this girl has because it took her all of 10 seconds to be like this isn't real which also you know the episode was wrapping up so like they had to move it along but like (laughs) and Riker told her it's not real before she before she did tell her that he said, like, this is a, f-, and he did it in the most kind and sweet way. He was, he was really, so nice. really understanding. You know, he grabbed her hands and he was like, this, you know, this is a fantasy and you can't wish someone into your fantasy and expect them to behave the way you want them to behave. Mm-hmm. It takes time. It takes all these things. And she was just like, Psh, nope. And then after 10 seconds, she was like, okay, Whisk. fine. You were yeah. right. And sends him back. And she's just all like sad, you know, and she's like, this is just empty, which it was. And I also applaud it her was. as an 18 year old girl. To have a big tantrum and to recover from it in like such a short amount of time. What a difficult time in her life. Yeah, she she did a she did a good job letting him out of that crazy fantasy because I didn't know how far that fantasy was going to go, and I was like, oh my gosh, like I was I was this like, she's good. about to like date rape Riker, and then I she just released him, and I was like, oh thank God. So like happily, it did not go down the dark road that it was headed down. In mm. the meantime, Data's been doing all this research on what happened to Amanda's real parents, her biological parents, uh, not real parents, her biological parents, I should say. And we Mm -hmm. discovered that there was this very small, very strategic, very powerful tornado that destroyed 
only their house and no other homes. And for some mm-hmm. reason, the weather control system on the planet Earth did not detect and dissipate this storm. So yeah. basically, after this, you know, fantasy scene, Q spills the beans to Picard about what really happened, which was that the Q continuum assassinated Amanda's parents because yes. they were Q trying to live as humans, but also trying to be Qs. And it was like, no, if you're going to be a Q, you got to live in the continuum. If mm-hmm. you're going to be a human, you got to be a human. And um, they were trying to do this hybrid nonsense. So the continuum was like, nope, we're done. But they did not yeah. kill Amanda because they weren't sure if she was a Q or if she was human yes. or if she was a hybrid or whatever. So yes. he's like, what I'm really here for is to see if she's a true Q. And if she's mm-hmm. not, then we have to kill her also. So Picard's like, um, uh, like that doesn't, uh, uh. I love that Picard's like, no. And then he's like, what am I going to be able to do? (laughs) Like, what can you do? He basically says like with unlimited powers comes unlimited, unlimited Spider-Man. Like she Mm -hmm. can't live if she's not truly a full Q. And the senior staff is like a human, which he comes up with later. But at this point, it's like, he has to be truly a Q. Or yes, die. Or else. Yeah. And the senior staff is like, what are we going to do? And we're like, well, she has the right to know. So um, at this point, you know, Picard fills Amanda in and she's like, what the hell, Q? Like in her hide and seek, <laughs> you neglected to tell me you may have to murder me? Like, and Picard gives a really good rant. And I, it went on so seamlessly that I didn't even get a chance to document it. It was just like, I just wrote Picard rant, good and simple. And even Q is like, what would I do without a Picard speech from time to time? Mm -hmm. It was a good Um, speech. (laughs) Yeah. And he's like, we decided not to harm her. So we we didn't need to offer her a choice. We didn't need the speech. Apparently Mm -hmm. it was a good speech. He's like, you can either come to the continuum with me and be a full Q or you can choose to live your life as a full human with no Q power. And she's like, I choose human. I've wanted to be normal this entire time. That's all I've ever wanted. Let me be Q. And he's like, mm, or she's like, let me be human. And Q's like, mm, it's really not that simple. You do need to think one word of wisdom that's ever come out of Q's mouth. Mm-hmm. This is not as easy as you think it's going to be. Because they weren't going to remove her Q powers. She, on the other hand, was going to have to choose to not use them. Mm-hmm. Kind of like that, um, like Kevin and Rashawn on that planet where they were the only survivors mm-hmm. of that whole. Yeah, where yep. he like, you know, he chose, he chose. Not to use his powers and then he yeah. chose to use them like he just chose. But she has only recently, like as of two days ago, learned that she can control these powers. <laughs> like, so she, yeah. she hasn't had a whole. And they're you know, much bigger than she thought they were like, you know, making some puppies yeah. appear and disappear was one thing, but like standing outside the ship and not being damaged, being able to stop a warp core breach. Like you are seeing just... her parents, all this stuff. Yeah. All of this stuff. Like you'll never get to see your parents again. There are no photos of them is that we know, you know? And so, you know, um, she immediately chooses human and cues. Like it's not that simple of a decision. You will need to think about it right now. Meanwhile, they're trying to do this like life-saving thing down on the planet to save Tagris from like all of their pollution. And Riker comes over from Tagris to saying the damage of the planet is way more reactive than when, than we thought we're losing containment. Something bad's about to happen. And Picard's like, Q, is this you? And Q's like, not this, this time. one is not this time. <laughs> this one is actually not me. Like I'm just, and he just disappears. Cause again, he doesn't give a shit. Either way, what happens? Right, like, later, right. <laughs> later, whole planet in need. Um, I'll see you guys later. Yeah. So this, amid- this piece of technology is about to um melt down 
and basically explode. It's going to kill like thousands of people, including Riker and Jordy, who are right sitting on top of it. They can't use their transporters because we've established that their atmosphere is too ionically charged to use transporters. They're not going to take a shuttle down there. Like it's minutes away from full meltdown, total explosion. Yeah, there's no way to they were save like, anybody. Let's try this. It's not working. Let's try that. It's not working. Can we do this? We can't do that. And they're just basically, this is the yelling before everyone dies. Yes. And suddenly they go, wait, wait, everything's fine. Everything has resolved itself. And then you look at the planet and all of the bl- the brown, green smoke that you see in the air yeah it's like blood ready yeah. orangey rusty, rusty orange red mm-hmm. like it yeah all like Ugh. it all kind of dissolves and then you see this beautiful green and blue planet that's sparkling and glistening and data's like not only has the reaction stopped on the planet but the entire ecosystem has been restored like all pollution has been removed from the planet and i was like oh man we need one of those but also, you know, so bad. we also need to fix the things making the pollution so we're not back in the same situation in a few yeah, years. Yeah, we're just but, back at square one. But the but point yeah. is, everything gets resolved and no one has any, you know, doubts about where the solution came from. Picard turns to Amanda and is like, yeah. Amanda. And she's like, yeah, yeah. I yeah. thought it was an easy choice, but I couldn't let all those people die. The second, the second my Q powers could be useful, I use them. Yes. Turns out I did and not have the ability to choose not to use them. Yes. And like earlier in the episode, when Hugh was starting his tutelage of Amanda, she was like, what's it like in the Q continuum? He's like, what if I just showed you? But she had just kicked his ass. So she's like, no, no, tell me, don't show me. <laughs> and he's like, it's more powerful than you can ever imagine. It's a da, da, da. And her first question is, do you use it to help people? Mm-hmm. And he's like, what? No, you're missing the whole point. You can dress like Napoleon and have pig dogs attack this crew <laughs> while they're on cat shit planet trying to run for their lives. And you could just be sipping lemonade, having the best time of your life. Like you could catch you this ship. You could catch the ship in a space net, a space net. You, you can, can make them legal within hood times. Eyeballs. You could do cool stuff. Who cares about helping? <laughs> yeah. Who cares about help? I mean, as evidenced by the planet being like, there's nothing we can do. Help us because ah! And Q's like, later, like, I don't care. Like, he does not care at all, right? So she does say, like, do you use it to help people? And he's like, you're missing the whole point, right? So she's like, I couldn't just let those millions of people die. And I was like, oh, this gives me such hope because she could, she's going to be a be, great Q. <laughs> she's going to be a great Q. And she learned really quickly that she wouldn't be able to resist using her powers. And I was like, oh, my gosh, I love that. And she goes, I am Q. I can't deny that. And I was just like, oh, my God, I remembered this outcome. But I also remembered the first time I watched this episode, I was like, there is only one choice. She has to live as a human and that's it. Mm, But like this mm -hmm. was like a good ending. Yeah. It was the perfect ending, but Mm -hmm. also not even it seemed like the bad option until you're like, yeah, I guess it's the only one. So she was like, he was like, all right, fine, let's go. And she's like, no, I have to go and talk to my adoptive parents so you're going to have to be patient. It's going to take time to explain this. And he was like, fine. She's like, or I can kick your ass again. <laughs> <It's> <laughs> like, yeah, Q, you're going to have to wait a minute, buddy. <laughs> so and, so, and then like they disappear and the ship just kind of sails off to the sunset. And it was so not the ending I was expecting at all mm-hmm. the first time I watched this. But after this being like what happened to the planet and also she like restored the original ecosystem and basically set the clock back all the way back to the beginning on this planet. So like they still have to find ways to stop the crap the planet they're doing now. 
Yeah. But they can breathe while they figure it out. Yes. Now they can breathe because they all were carrying around these like asthma inhalers mm-hmm. on their like necklaces. It was yeah. kind of crazy looking, right? Yeah. And I was like, dang, like the ways that this race of people has continued polluting and has had to like adapt by having inhalers so they can breathe was like crazy. But I don't know. What were your final thoughts on this episode? My final thoughts were that this episode was pretty cute. Like it wasn't sitcom at all. Like I remembered it being. Um, and I really like that they expanded the world of a cue a little bit more in this episode. We get a more flavor and texture. Every time we find a new cue other than the first cue we've met, we get more understanding of what the continuum could be like. And I really, really enjoy that. What about you? What were your final thoughts? I mean, very much the same. It's even better than I remembered. I re- I had forgotten the whole we have to kill her if she's not fully Q portion of it. Yeah, seems but... important, but like very forgettable. <laughs> it is. It's isn't that funny? Well, I mean, I think that like it just seems like enough that Q is here to train this potentially new Q. You mm-hmm. know, and she seems like she can kind of hold her own against him, which is like, wow, this is really fun to see. She's young. She's a teenager. She's brilliant. She's so well adjusted and aware, has high EQ, and she can hold her own against a Q. Like, Q has met an an equal here. Like, there are other Q in the continuum, which, by the way, I still never get over how brilliant it is that they're all named Q. Mm -hmm. Like, I think that is so fantastic. Yeah, that's right. So I think she's going to make a really fabulous cue, and I have not asked for one of these in a really long time because the episodes have all just been so good. But I would love a where is she now as a cue. Mm-hmm. I would really, really love that. And um, I am curious for anybody, and no spoilers, but like I'm curious for anybody who has seen all the way through season two of Picard um, because there's some cue stuff in there, like how she would react to like all the cute activity that's going on in like Picard, you know? And I just, mm-hmm. I would love to see that. And I would be so curious like where she would kind of. Yeah. Land and on that. I was also thinking as you were talking, we had the travelers, we had the traveler show up in season one, the traveler mm-hmm. comes back in season seven or something. Yeah, um, he does. And we're like, okay, whatever with it. It was, it was weird, but they, they, they fix it later on, but <laughs> it was weird, but we, we could have had something like that too, with this cue. Like if Amanda came back in season seven, we'd be like, wait, who is that? And then they were like, remember, you know, and they start telling us, we'd be like, oh my gosh, that's the cute, the true cue. Oh my gosh. Yeah. True like, cue. That would have been a really, a really cool touch in season seven for super fans to like kind of say goodbye so to some of their favorite characters. But no, Oh, well, can't go back 30 years it. and fix that. <laughs> I know. Dang it. But it was a really fun episode. If you haven't seen it or if you haven't seen it in a really long time, this is such a fun light watch. This is yeah. like the anti-schisms. There's nothing scary yeah. and dark about it. It is fun and it's a light frothy it's cappuccino tng mm-hmm. it's like just light and frothy and it's really 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 fun um and guess what girl the fun with kids continues next week we are breaking down season six episode seven rascals we have so arrived good. at rascals next week oh, i'm so, so excited. excited it's gonna be great can't wait to break that down thank you guys so much for listening we will catch you next week bye thanks for geeking out with us be sure to join the crew at thetngpodcast.com to be the first to know when we do our live shows or host events exclusively for our members. We'll see you next time.